Thank you, Pastor Jake. This morning we continue in our sermon series we're calling You Asked For It, where the sermon responds to a question you've submitted. This sermon, like others in the series, um, isn't going to be a, a perfect or complete answer. It's just one response. Uh, we can't fully answer um, what or who is the Holy Spirit because uh, we just can't fully know or accurately describe God. Maybe we'll be able to in eternity. Um, but the gift and good news in this is that the more we know God, the more we'll love God. And the more and deeper we love God, the more of God we'll want to know and we'll be able to know. Our scripture for this morning is from the first part of several chapters in John where Jesus knows he's about to die. So he's giving his disciples all the reassurance and instruction he still can. John 14, 15 through 21. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I'm coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me, and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O God. For you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What or who is the Holy Spirit? That's our question for this morning. Um, and just by the question, I can tell we're on the right track. Uh, the Holy Spirit is not a what, but a who. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity uh, is not one whole made up of three parts. God is three in one, always united with God's self. So it's important for us to remember there's no time or place or action uh, by one person of the Trinity where the other two are not also present and acting as well. We do try to describe each person distinctly so we can better understand what God is like. At creation, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. When the prophets were told to preach repentance, their messages came from the Holy Spirit. King Saul and King David were anointed by the Spirit to be great so they could glorify God with their lives and legacies. When Mary conceived and gave birth to Jesus, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. When that baby Jesus grew up and was baptized, the Spirit descended and landed upon him like a dove. Anytime Jesus performed miracles like healing or feeding or walking on water, the Spirit of God was working in a mighty way. 
when Jesus was crucified, the power of the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. After Jesus lived, died, and was raised and ascended, that same Holy Spirit descended onto all those who believed in Jesus so that they might do even greater things than Jesus did. We see the Holy Spirit at work in all these stories from the Bible, but also in stories of the Bible where the words Holy Spirit are not there in black and white. In Proverbs, there's a woman who is a metaphor for the divine wisdom of God. She's the Holy Spirit. In our passage for this morning, Jesus didn't tell his disciples that the Holy Spirit or the Spirit of God would be with them. He talks about sending another advocate and the Spirit of truth. The word that gets translated to advocate here is the Greek word paraclete, which can be translated as counselor, comforter, helper, or encourager. It just means someone who's coming alongside you. It was a term used for an advocate or defense attorney in court, someone who was on your side helping, advocating for you. Jesus knows he's about to die, and he wants to assure his disciples they won't be alone just because he will be gone. Robert Kaiser writes, Why is the assurance of Christ's presence through the paraclete such an important point to make? Because the payoff of that assurance is peace. The peace of Christ is not just any peace. It is a peace unlike any the world can give. When the world promises peace, it means a time without the toils and troubles of daily life. And though the world may promise this kind of peace, Kaiser says, it cannot deliver it. Peace, in John's sense, is a life-renewing relationship with Christ. It's not trouble-free. As a matter of fact, it often leads to trouble, the trouble of standing up for justice, loving the unlovable, and dealing with the pains of the world. Nonetheless, Jesus suggests that kind of peace frees us from fear and despair. As one might say goodbye by wishing peace to another person, so Jesus tells his disciples farewell. Yet he doesn't just say goodbye. He promises something of himself will remain with them, even though he's gone to the Father. That something is peace. After Jesus leaves earth, the disciples get the Holy Spirit, who comforts them, who teaches them what is true and what's I- what isn't, who moves them to continue to follow Jesus. In times of trouble, the Holy Spirit provides comfort and strength, reminding the disciples and us that they and we are not alone and that God is still with us. It's through the power of the Spirit that we can overcome challenges and obstacles in our lives and find hope and peace in the midst of difficult circumstances. The Holy Spirit is with us, But what or who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the power of resurrection. God was willing to become human, suffer, and die to be with us. God chose to be God with us, even in suffering and death. Yet by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus and all who believe in him are raised from the dead. The Holy Spirit is the power of baptism, John the Baptist told his followers, I baptize with water. One is coming after me who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Jesus tells a Pharisee, Nicodemus, 
that to see the kingdom of God, one must be born from above, born of the Spirit. In baptism, by the power of the Spirit, God offers all people the gifts of forgiveness and grace and enables us to accept those gifts and respond with a life of faith. And while confirmation is not a sacrament in the United Methodist Church, the Holy Spirit is then affirming the young person's baptism and blessing them with strengthened faith so that they can live as a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ as an adult. The Holy Spirit is the power of communion. Someone might come to the table for the first time because they are moved by the Holy Spirit. Then, when we do come to the table, Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is truly present with and for the church. And in communion, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we are made one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world. This means the Spirit is uniting all of us with each other, with the Godhead, with all the saints, and with all creation. The Holy Spirit is the power of the church. God still hears our cries, answers prayers, provides, moves in power, heals, and saves, just as God has always done. The same Spirit who worked through people in biblical times is still at work today. Whenever someone needs comforting, the Spirit is nudging us towards connection. When we seek godly wisdom and truth, we are searching for guidance from the Holy Spirit. When we see sin in our own hearts and confront it, the Spirit is the one convicting us to repent and ask for forgiveness. The Spirit equips us to do things we would not otherwise do, to have a faith and a life and a hope we would not otherwise have. That's beautiful, and it can be a little scary. If the Spirit allows us to have a life we would not otherwise have, it might be a life that we would not otherwise choose for ourselves. We tend to be uncomfortable doing things when we'll have to depend on God to get through it. The Holy Spirit does what God wants, and what God wants is not always what we want. But beautiful things happen when we trust God and follow where the Spirit leads. We are able to forgive people we could not otherwise forgive, We are able to love people we could not otherwise love. Is there something you feel called to do that is only possible by the power of the Holy Spirit? What is it? When it comes to the Holy Spirit, the best thing for us to do is listen. As a boy, J.R.R. Tolkien loved trees, and in The Lord of the Rings, he had these talking tree-like creatures. They speak very slowly and thoughtfully, sometimes making the hobbits very frustrated. Tolkien wrote that the trees do not say something unless it is worth talking, taking a very long time to say it or to listen to it. We can be like the hobbits as we wait and listen for the Holy Spirit. We want to shout, come on, get it out, hurry up. But we have no choice but to put in the time, put in the quiet, if we have the slightest interest in what the Spirit has to say. Are we paying attention to the Holy Spirit? Are we open and inviting the Spirit to work through us? 
are we watching for the ways the Spirit is working through others? God is God with us, not from a distance. And God wants us to follow closely, not from a distance. We often take time in worship to highlight and celebrate what God is doing through our church. This is indeed a special place, and it is a miracle of the Holy Spirit that this is a place where lives are changed, where disciples are made, where God and neighbor and enemy are loved. God isn't limited to the church, but the church is anointed by the Holy Spirit, just like the prophets and priests and kings and apostles in Scripture, so that we can be the ones who minister to a hurting world. And hey, God is going to accomplish what God wants to accomplish, but God wants to work with and through us. So the best thing for us to do once we've listened is tag along and help however we can. What or who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is the one through whom God acts. The advocate, peace, the spirit of truth, the power of resurrection, baptism, communion, and the church. Ultimately, the Holy Spirit is a gift from God, given to us as a sign of God's love and grace. As we seek to live our lives in accordance with God's will, the Holy Spirit is there to guide us, encourage us, and empower us to do God's work in the world for the glory of God and the good of all creation. Thanks be to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill our lives with your presence so that more and more every day, all that we do and say and hope will be an act of worship to you and an expression of love to others to the glory of your name. Amen.